Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all. Come on, can we do that right now? Can we lift our hands and give Him everything? God, right now we give you all the praise and all the worship and all the honor. God, today we want what you have for us, God. We lay aside all our distractions, all our motives, all our agenda, God. We've come to praise you. We've come to magnify you, Jesus. We've come to lift up your holy name. God, we've come to have church today. We've come to be the church today. Praise God. Come on, somebody let out a shout of praise right now. Come on, somebody stir it up from deep within this morning. God, I've come to praise you. I've come to worship. I've come to experience whatever you have for me today. Amen, amen, amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord today. Thankful for all of God's blessings. So thankful for what He's doing. Amen. And and our crazy world, it's so refreshing to come and be in the presence of God with His people. Amen. That we might leave refreshed, renewed, restored. Amen. And it's so much better when you get to be here with all of God's people and see your smiling faces. Amen. Amen. It is so good to have so many visitors here with us today. Whether you were here for a baby dedication or for another reason, we are so glad that you are here. Amen. We pray that you have felt welcome. Amen. 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 Russell and Rachel, so good to have you all here today. So good to see you guys. Amen. Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Judges chapter 20. Judges chapter 20. I want to read quite a bit of scripture. So if you'll bear with me, I promise you can sit down in just a moment. Don't sit on me the rest of the day, but just for a moment. Amen. Judges chapter 20. We'll start reading at verse 28. It says, And Phineas the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again? Go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? He said, this isn't my first time to do this. Shall I go yet again? And the Lord said, go up for tomorrow. I will deliver them into thine hand. And Israel set liars in wait around about Gibeah. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in array against Gibeah. As at other times, the common theme here, this is what we're used to. And the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. And they began to smite of the people and kill as at other times. In the highways of which one goeth up the house of God and the other to Gibeah in the field about 30 men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said... They are smitten down before us as at the first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them from the city unto the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up of their place and put themselves in array at Baal Tamar. And their liars and weight of Israel came forth out of their places, even out of the meadows of Gibeah. And there came against Gibeah 10,000 chosen men out of all Israel. 
And the battle was sore, but they knew not that evil was near them. And the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel. And the children of Israel destroyed of the Benjamites that day twenty and five thousand and a hundred men. All these drew sword. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were smitten. For the men of Israel gave place to the Benjamites. Because they trusted unto the liars in wait, which they had set beside Gibeah. And the liars in wait hasted and rushed upon Gibeah. And the liars in wait drew themselves along and smote all the city with the edge of the sword. Now there was an appointed sign between the men of Israel and the liars in wait. That they should make a great flame with smoke rise up out of the city. And when the men of Israel retired in the battle, Benjamin began to smite and kill of the men of Israel about 30 persons. For they said, surely they are smitten down before us as in the first battle. But when the flame began to rise up out of the city with the pillar of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them. And behold, the flame of the city ascended up to heaven. And when the men of Israel turned again, the men of Benjamin were amazed, for they saw that evil was come upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel unto the way of the wilderness. But the battle overtook them. And them which came out of the cities they destroyed in the midst of them. Thus they enclosed the Benjamites round about and chased them and trod them down with ease over against Gibeah. Towards the sun rising. Today for just a little while with the help of the Holy Ghost. I want to preach to you on this subject. Because of the liars. It's a lie. Because of the liars. It's a lie. Father we love you today. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. God I pray right now that you would stir each and every heart. Open every ear. God, you know that I need this word today as much as anyone in this place. God, I pray that you would speak to me right now and through me today, I pray. Anoint these lips of clay. Strengthen the hands of your saints. Strengthen your people, O oh God, that we would see the lies for what they are. And that today we would experience the victory, God, that you have already spoken over us. God, that when the flame begins to rise up and something begins to stir up here, that our enemy would be distracted, God, and that we would finally see the victory that you have promised us. God, let it happen in this place today in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and everyone said amen and give the Lord a shout of praise and victory right now praise God you can be seated today liars Pants experiencing spontaneous combustion because of liars. Noses growing larger than life because of lies. Little fibs becoming big, big problems 
lies, deception, trickery, and beguile. Lies have been around since the very beginning of time. You won't have to read very many verses in the Bible before you find the lying spirit is already there. To lie means to make an untrue statement with the intent to deceive. To create a false or misleading impression. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians that the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Eve then, through that lie that the serpent gave to her and the stirring of the trickery that he brought in, she then adds to the story and adds some words that were not there and what God had told her was truth. And so all it takes is one lie to get the thing started and then it's like a snowball effect. And from there you see Eve begin to lie. And then from there you, you see all these other lies that become evident throughout Scripture. All because that subtle snake in the very beginning started with this beguilement of Eve. You will find that Joseph's brothers told a big fib when they said that their brother was dead and that he had been devoured by wild beasts. And later on in Scripture, you will find that they were believing the story that they had concocted because if you tell a lie long enough, there's going to come a day where you believe that lie to be truth. And so lies are something that have been around for a very long time and no one coached Eve that day on how to tell a lie. No one taught Adam and Eve how to hide, how to avoid correction and avoid what God was going to do to them. It's in their nature to, to buck away. It's that sinful nature that creeps up in humanity and in our flesh that we don't want to be addressed and we don't want to know what we did was wrong and we already feel self-condemnation and so we think that telling a lie to the one who knows it all already is going to save us. That if we can concoct a story up enough, if I can make them feel sorry for me, if I can make them feel like, oh, poor them, now I know why you did this. And if I could twist the story and the narrative enough, maybe I won't be in trouble. This is not something that you learn in school. In fact, you learn it a lot sooner than that. You don't have to give a kid a lesson on how to tell a fib. They figure it out very, very quickly. They don't have a coach. They don't have somebody. Now, when mom or dad ask you this, and they say, did you do that? You say, no. That's it. That's all you got to do. No, I didn't do that. Oh, okay. Wow. That worked. The lie worked. It convinced them that it wasn't true. This is something that I could use in my advantage. And so from childhood, we have battled this. It's not just from Genesis then. It's something that we deal with now. And here's the kicker. If you do not know the truth, you will believe a lie. 
If you do not have an assurance of the word of God and what you know is true, then when the enemy comes in and false preachers and false teachers come in and, and you allow yourself to open your ears up to another audience and they begin chirping into your ear, it's easy to say, well, that sounds legit. That sounds like something logically there that, that we could take and run with. But that's because we do not know the truth. And scripture says it is important that you know the truth. It says buy the truth and sell it not. It says if you don't have a love for the truth, that God himself will turn you over to a strong delusion. So you have got to know truth or you will believe a lie. John 8, the Bible says Jesus told the Jews, if you believe on me and you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How do I know the truth? How do I know what is real? How do I know what is right? There's so many truths out there today. It's your truth. It's whatever your truth is. It's whatever you want to be. It's whatever you feel like the day should be like. That's your truth. That's what our world is sending out as propaganda to you today. It's your truth. It's No, there's not your truth and your truth. There is the truth. And Jesus said, if you want to know the truth, look right here. If you want to look at the truth and open up my word and see what is truth. And if you would know me and believe on me and continue in my word, you shall know the truth. If you're not in the word and you're not in a relationship with God, then don't be shocked that you don't know the truth. But these men, they were not living right and they were not listening to his words and they were not his. And he says, you're not of Abraham's. You're not of God's. For if you were, you would live this way. And you wouldn't be doing the things that you're doing. He said, you are. Get ready for this. Buckle up. He said, you are of your father, the devil. Whoa, hold up. How did that happen? He says, because the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. He didn't live in the truth. He didn't stay in the truth. He didn't keep to my word. He didn't keep to my commands. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. When we go around and we use that Pentecostal slingo and we say well the devil is a liar that's not just something cute we say that's the word of God he said he is a liar it's who he is it's what he does he has not changed his agenda his mo he has been a liar from the very beginning and he's a liar today and the reason we have so many people confused is he tells you you don't know the truth you don't know the very thing that's going to get you out of the place that you are in but if you would know the truth and you would fall in love with me and fall in love with my word not 
not only would you be free indeed, but you would also be able to tell the enemy, I see your lies. I see what you're speaking over me. I hear the chirping, but I can swallow that away because I know truth. We have listened to lies for long enough. We've seen defeat after defeat. And some lies, they are so evident. There's some lies that the moment it's like the kid with the chocolate all over his face and you ask if they ate the chocolate and they say no. There are some lies that are that blatant and that in your face right now. And we're sitting there flirting with it because it's so cute. And it, oh, it's just a little. <laughs> Look how cute. Somebody get a phone and take a picture of this lie. And all the while, there are other lies taking place and trickery that because we're so caught up in what is evident that we're missing out on some things that the devil is doing and, and he's involved in in his own sneaky, ugly, deceitful way. And I'm tired of it. And he comes in and lies that are so trickery and sneaky and he traps people without them even realizing they're trapped. But what about... What about when the lie looks a lot like reality? It's easy when it, it looks deceitful. But what about when the lies that are being told looks like the facts? When the devil comes in, he says, you see the news? You see what's happening in your world? You're not going to run from that. There's no place for you to hide. There's no place for you to get away from that. What about what is being spread... At the doctor's office about your reports. And it's also in line with what the x-rays are saying. The facts are there. The proof is there. The evidence is there. And then to top it off, you have this enemy that wants to gloat over you. As a constant reminder, you're still losing the battle. There's the daily reminder, you're still bound. You're still an addict. You're still a troublemaker. You're still going to fall back into my snare tomorrow or Friday night or say, I'll get to you before next Sunday. And there's that constant, this is just as before. This is just like the first day you came to battle and we're going to slay you down today just like we did last Sunday. We're going to take care of you this week just like we did last week. And we're being beaten down and discouraged and we don't feel like we can even lift our head. We don't feel like we can lift our hands much less be a part of a battle well you still don't have your family beside you in church and God promised that to you you're still having to deal with nonsense from carnal people even though you've prayed to God about it and asked God to remove that situation and you're still delayed from your promise and he told you you would have a son Sarah and now look how old you are he told you he would make a way and now you've been dealing with this for seven years and he told you you would be free but you've been in bondage for 70 years and he told you he would send a redeemer but it's been over 400 years and, and it's all of these chirps from the end enemy that is in your head discouraging you. You're mocked by others wondering why anything hasn't changed since the fathers fell asleep. He hasn't come yet and you said the Lord was coming soon. Let's be honest today. 
It's depressing. And you think we've moved past certain things and then here we are again. And we get a word from God and then everything on Monday is contrary to the word that was given on Sunday. That God says, attack. Yes, go. And then you go and you're a part of the battle and then all that happens is defeat. And we wonder why discouragement comes in. Here lies the problem. We fix our mind on what is. And not on what he said. We look at the facts. And we look at the problems. And we look at what reality is. And we wake up. We feel good on Sunday because we've got witnesses around us. And we've got worshipers around us. And we've got brothers and sisters rallying beside us. But on Monday morning, we're waking up to the reality that we've been trapped in for a long, long time. And the enemy keeps telling you, see, it's Monday again. Nothing's changed. You're still the same old you. You still have the same old problems. This is just as before. This is just like it used to be. And so the problem is we fix our mind on the reality and the facts instead of what the word of God says. Because what is for us is reality. It's the facts. It's We can't escape that. And so the fact is we believe the facts to be the truth. It's like Luke 8 when the Bible says, Jesus says of the girl, she's only sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn because they knew she was dead. They knew what the facts were. They knew what the doctor said. They knew what the pulse read. They knew all the, all the things that told them. The facts say this girl is dead. But it doesn't matter what the facts say. It doesn't matter what anyone else said. God said she is only asleep. I know what you're hearing. I know what you're seeing. But it doesn't matter what the facts have said. All that matters is who I am and what I have declared. And it's going to be done just the way I said it. I don't care what you've seen on the news. I don't care what you saw at the doctor's office. I don't care what's been taking place. I have the final say. So we are tormented because what we are told as truth is contrary to what we are seeing as truth. And it's hard for me to say it when I don't see it. It's hard for me to rejoice in victory when all I'm seeing is defeat and destruction and chaos. And it's hard for me to come lift my hands. And Brother Landon, it's hard for me to come to church and share. How could you do that when I've been defeated? How could you just keep coming back and, and fighting this fight and this battle when we're losing just like we lost yesterday? And, and just as the time before, it's over and over and over again. And I'm... How do you keep doing this? The Bible says the children of Israel rose up in Judges 20 ready to fight. They were in unity. Oh, well, that's easy to, at the beginning, before the battle starts, to, when you first get in on this, it's easy to be all fired up and ready to go and, woo, bless God, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, ready to take on any devil. But then you get out into the battle. And the Bible says that they get there and they say, who of us shall go first in the battle with the Benjamites? And Jesus says, 
Judah shall go first. Well, we know Judah means praise, and there's a lot of preachers that preach praise goes first, and that's good preaching. That makes a good message to say our praise goes first. And that's what happens as they send Judah first. But the Bible says that as they go out there from his command, telling them who's going to go first. But this is what the word said. But the Benjamites, not the children of Israel, but the Benjamites poured out of Gibeah and devastated the Israelites. Hold on. But God, you said... You said Judah would go first. You said if I would send praises up first, that you would inhabit the praises of your people. You said that if I would just lift my hands and praise you in spite of what I see and in spite of what's going on, that I would see victory. And we sent our praise and we sent our best worship and we sent everything we had to give and we've been devastated by our adversary. We've been devastated by reports of a brother that's died and a father that's died and a cousin that's died and a friend that has died and they're telling us this one died and this one died and this one died and this one died and the heaviness that had to have set in to know that they were losing men after men. God, you said I would be victorious. You said I would win. You said you would fight for us. But look at the facts. The facts say I'm defeated. The facts say I've been devastated. So what did the Israelites do? The Bible says the Israelites went back to the sanctuary. They didn't go home sucking their thumb, crawling in a closet and, huh, I lost again. I didn't get my healing again. I'm defeated again. That that one is still in my circle. That one is still in my ear. I lost again. No, the Bible says they went back into the sanctuary and began to weep out to God and cry out to God until evening. And again, they said, God... I know I just lost, and I know I was just defeated, but should I go again? Should I go fight again? And God said, yes, attack. That's what I want you to do. But God, I'm tired. I know. Attack. But God, I lost yesterday. I know. Attack. And so what do they do? The Bible says on the second day, The Israelites began to advance and begin to make progress and begin to move closer and closer to their enemy just as the other day, just like it did the other time. And again, the Bible says that on the second day as they made their advancement, that the Benjamites came out of the city on this day and they devastated another 18 Israelite division. God, you said attack. God, you told me and you gave me a word and I stepped out on that word. And what happens? Devastation again. God, you spoke to me Sundays ago. And you gave me a word and I stepped out on that word. You told me I would be healed. You told me my family would be saved. You told me everything was going to change. But God, 
It didn't change. In fact, I lost more than what I lost last time. I've lost more men and more friends and, and more things to this war than I ever wanted to lose. And now here I am back in the same place I was three years ago. I'm back in that same addiction. I'm back into that same prison, that same negative mindset. I'm going through another battle, losing yet another war. And now I feel like I am losing everything. This is where many people start questioning God and they start sitting there. Well, what is truth? Is, is God's word even real? Is God's word, why would he tell me this and le- then let me see defeat and devastation? And then our mind gets to work and it's, well, it's because of you. It's because you're a failure. It's because you're not good enough. You're not, why would a God fight for you and you're not even worth saving? You're not even worth keeping and fighting for. Or, or then the other side of it, is there even a God? Am I making this stuff up in my mind and, oh, you're going to be healed. Oh, was that God or was that my mind? Was that God speaking to me or was that wishful thinking on my part? And it happens to every single one of us and we're, we're contemplating what, what is being said and what is being done. And this is the enemy's way of trying to wear you down. But he told us, if you would know truth, if you would get a hold of what truth is, it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you're going through you can keep on facing your reality now watch how they respond after this defeat all the people of israel who couple of them the faithful ones the ones that were only there on wednesday nights too the ones that were really gung-ho about living for god no no all the people of israel The whole army were back at Bethel, weeping, crying out to God, sitting in the presence of God. It's not good good words there. That's the word. That's what the Bible says, that they found themselves back at Bethel, sitting in the presence of God. And this day, you know what they did? The Bible says that day. They fasted until evening. Well, I'm I'm already tired. I'm already weary. I'm already devastated and wounded. Why would I fast? Oh, that's not all they did. They sacrificed whole burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. God, I don't have much to give. I've lost some good men. I've lost some battles I thought I was going to win, but God, we didn't win the first one and we didn't win the second one. And and God, I know I'm tired and I know I'm weary, but God, I want to hold on just a moment. I want to cry out to you again. I want to sit in your presence. I want to soak in everything that you've got for me. Hold on, God, that's not all. I've got a praise. I've got an offering I want to give up to you. I want to give a peace offering to you. I want to offer up a sacrifice of praise. 
that's not all I want to do, God. I'm going to take this day and I'm going to fast because I'm desperate for victory, because I'm desperate for what you're trying to do. And God, it hasn't happened, but it hasn't happened yet. I'm still leaning on your word. I'm still trusting you. I'm still believing you, God, that you're going to do it. And I'm going to keep weeping and keep offering praise and keep giving you my very best because I want to see victory. I want to see victory. I'm tired of defeat. I'm tired of depression. I'm tired of anxiety. I'm tired of being tired, God. I need victory. Woo, we feel better. Okay, we'll go home now. No, 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 no. They had the audacity to say this. Shall we again march into battle? I know I did yesterday, and I know I did the day before that, and I know a few months ago, but today is different. This Sunday morning is different. God, shall I trust you one more time? Shall I go again? Shall I give it everything I've got one more time? And God said, attack. Woo! He told us that last time, but hold on. Tomorrow, I will give you victory. This day is not like that day. It may seem as though it was like the other days. It may seem like it's what happened months ago. But tomorrow is different. Because tomorrow he didn't just say attack. He said I will give you victory. So Israel placed men in ambush. All around Gibeah. Liars in wait. They took up the same positions as before. When the Benjamites came out to meet the army, they moved from the city. And the Bible says Benjamites began to cut down some of the troops just as they had before. About 30 men fell in the field on the roads to Bethel and Gibeah. And that adversary started bragging and gloating. We're dropping them like flies. Just like before. This is just like the last time you believed God. This is just like the last time you stepped out in faith onto the battlefield. This is just like any other Sunday. What makes you think it's going to be different today? When they started off, the Bible says they positioned themselves as at other times. The Benjamites began killing the Israelite as at other times. They began to boast and say they are smitten down as at first. So the enemy boasts of their failed attempts to overcome. But there was something different because today 
It did not matter what the facts were. It didn't matter that they had lost last Sunday. It didn't matter that they fell months ago. It didn't matter that things were looking like they were going to turn out the way that they always did. For this day, they were going to silence the lies. I know there are lies that are telling you it's always going to be like this. I know there are lies that have been telling you you're always going to be bound. I felt it in prayer. There are lies that you seem to not be able to shake that the enemy has told you and try to convince you of. I know that there are lies that tell you you're never going to be where God wants you to be because of your circumstances, because of your past failures, because of where you're at today. But the Bible says that they rallied together in unity and wept before God and trusted Him. And when you look around today, the facts, the facts are testifying against the lies. The facts are, are, are with them. The facts are proving what the enemy is saying. And so we're discouraged. But what the lie doesn't know is there are liars. There is a determined people that have continued coming. They've continued being faithful. They've continued praying in private. They have continued lying in wait. They said, I, today's not my day to jump out. And, and today's not the day. Today's not that moment. Today's just, just another, just give me a moment. Don't, don't get too excited yet. I'm lying in wait. I'm waiting on a signal. I'm waiting on fire to begin rising up. I'm waiting until I see a flame start going. I'm waiting until I get the word that it's time for me to come out of hiding. And it's time for me to come out of what I've been doing. And it's time to take out the enemy. So we're going to silence the lies with the ones that have been lying in wait. The men of Israel acted like they were retreating before Benjamin. Knowing that they could depend on the ambush they had prepared. Knowing they could depend on what they have prepared. Knowing they could rely on these things lying in wait. They knew they could depend on what they had prepared. They were liars. They were things fighting on my side that the enemy never saw coming. There was some grace there that the enemy did not account for. There was some grace that was hiding out that says, I don't care what's gone on. I've been lying in wait for this moment. There were some new mercies lying there that morning that weren't there the day before. And those new mercies said, hold on, I've got you today. I'm new today. I've been lying in wait just for this day, just for this moment. There are some prayers that you have prayed. There are some times that you have gone to God and those prayers have been bottled up and they are lying in wait for the right moment. There are liars there that are waiting to come to your defense that the enemy didn't see coming. That the enemy and God's going to use a fire. God's going to use a fire to get the enemy distracted. Oh, what's that? I see a flame rising up 
trumpet greater life. I see a fire stirring and the enemy begins to look around. What's going on? And the liars say, now, now's our time. Now it's time to join in. Now it's time to fight and overcome them. Let's all stand all over this house. There are days I've fasted that I didn't really realize right now. I thought, I thought they would be effective right then and there. But they're lying in wait. God, those days that I fasted, they were not in vain. The blood that you shed on Calvary wasn't shed in vain. It was lying in wait for the moment I would need it most. It was lying there just when I felt defeated. Just when I felt like it was over. There were some things fighting for me that was greater than what was fighting against me. There was one who was in me that was greater than every adversary and every enemy. God, today, today is the day we expose the lies. Today is the day we tell the devil he is a liar. I may not can depend on my strength. I may not can depend on my wisdom and my own understanding. I may not can depend on the facts today, but I can depend on the liars. Well, you never thought you'd say that, did you? Today I can depend on the liars. Oh, I'm retreating and I'm smiling. Because I know about the liars. I know there's some grace and mercy and there's some prayers. There's some brothers and sisters. There's some warriors when I'm weak. They're smiling too because they know what's happening. They know what's about to go down. There's, you're going through some, so much junk right now, but there's a smile coming up on your face right now because you sense it too. There's some things that are lying in wait for this moment for you to experience the victory that God has for you. I know what it has seemed. But you didn't consider the liars. If you're here in this service and you have found yourselves believing a lie, I urge you, remember who you have for you is greater than what you have against you. Remember that today. Don't underestimate what you have. You've prepared for this. Right now you may be weary. You may be less than than what you were three days ago. But you've prepared some things that have been lying in wait for this moment here today. There's some resources that are going to sustain you today when you're weak. There's some things that you prepared a long, long time ago. Some things that you gave to God. And God said, all right. It's time to cash that check. It's time to go accept that inheritance. It's time to receive what I have for you today. God said, here's what I want. I'm going to give you a plan of action. You're my people. I taught you how to war. I equipped you with everything you needed. I taught you how to pray. I taught you how to fight. I taught you how to fast. I taught you how to run. I taught you every battle plan imaginable because you're mine. And here's the deal. I want you to do something for me. I want you to go through some as at other times. I want you to go through some things 
that seem mundane, that seem like it did last Sunday and the Sunday before that. I want you to get caught up in this so that you can get it right this time. I want you to set up just as you did every other time. Hold on. But this time, there's going to be some liars in the building. There's going to be some things that are going to come up and fight that maybe you didn't even know where they were at. You didn't know where they were stationed at. You just knew they were somewhere in the building. It's like security. At a massive event. I don't know where they're all at. But I know they're stationed here. And they're stationed there. And they're stationed there. And they are watching out for me. And they're working for me. And if anybody comes after me. They're going to take them out. God said that's what I want you to understand today. There are some things, there are some angels that are round about our camp today. And God said, they are liars in wait. And they're going to fight for you. And I'm going to fight for you. And you're going to see victory. Notice what the Bible said in verse 37. And the liars in wait hasted. And rushed upon Gibeah. They were waiting on the command. They were waiting on the signal. See, we see waiting as just... No, 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 no. God said these liars in wait are like a tiger waiting to pounce. They're hiding in the bushes. They're hiding, watching everything that's going on. And as soon as you will send up that flame, as soon as you begin to lift up that flame and let it reach all the way to heaven, all of a sudden, here come the liars. Here come the liars. Here come the liars. If you're here today and you have felt worn down and defeated, come on up to the front today. Open up your heart today. Start sending up a flame today. God, here I am with the worship. Here I am with the shout. Here I am, God. Send the liars. Send something, God, that will come and fight for me. God, today, Lord, I need God, you. You won't be God, in spite of the circumstances, in spite of what I'm seeing, oh, you'll 